You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Hallelujah. Book of Luke chapter 22. We're going to be reading from verse 7 through to 13 out of the book of Luke chapter 22. Uh, for a long time, the church has been described as a football game. Uh, for those who haven't heard the analogy, it seems as though there are 22 players that are running around desperate for a rest, while 40,000 spectators sit in their stands uh, desperate for exercise. <laughs> you know, there is a great need... Uh, in the kingdom of God today for those who are willing to serve. And unfortunately, the uh, negative uh, uh, view that many times we can grasp when it comes to ministry can overshadow the blessing that God has for those who are willing to serve. It is a position that takes the limelight. It is a position of obscurity. It is not seen many times. It is not one that is praised regularly. But if there were people tonight that weren't willing to serve uh, in the hidden places, we wouldn't be able to enjoy what we have today. And so I want to preach to you a sermon, a very simple sermon called Hidden Heroes. Because our church needs more hidden heroes, people who are willing to submit themselves, to serve others and be involved in what God's doing in this church and in our city. Luke chapter 22, verse 7 through to 13, the Bible says these words. Then there came a day of unleavened bread and the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you enter the city, a man will meet you uh, carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then he shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found just as he had said to them and they prepared the Passover. Hidden heroes. Let's firstly look at our motives and focus this evening on the unsung hero, the hidden hero that is in our text. Now hidden heroes play a very important part, like I said earlier, in the kingdom of God. These are the ones who strengthen and support from behind. You don't see them. Uh, They're not the ones uh, that are uh, many times on stage or you're hearing uh, given, uh, you know, their names praise or anything like that. Uh, But they're the ones who uh, uh, give of resources and encouragement. They serve and support. Uh, They're the ones who are uh, laboring once everybody decides to go home and go have lunch. Uh, These are the hidden heroes that teach Sunday school, that work in the nursery, uh, that are involved uh, in uh, uh, the cleanup and straightening out the chair 
chairs. They're involved in the concerts, uh, preparing prior and uh, afterwards uh, while everybody else is going home to rest. Uh, Then uh, there are those who follow up. There are those who are uh, constantly reaching out to their friends and family members, to those who maybe came to church for the first time and they receive their number after praying for them at the altar. They are following them up during the week. They are taking the time and having coffee with them and, uh, and uh, encouraging them or even praying with them, being sensitive to the visitors, going to hospitals and comforting people. Those are the roles that are vital for any church. Can anybody say amen? And many times... It's at the most inconvenient times. It's as if it's always planned that way. It's Monday night, we've had a big weekend, and you get that phone call. Can you come over? I need prayer. Or are you free for just a couple of hours? The truth is, is that the church could not function without people who are willing to bear the responsibility of serving as a hidden hero. There's a funny illustration. I'll read it to you. It says this, everybody, somebody, and anybody, uh, anybody and nobody. There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, uh, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up being uh, that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did uh, what anybody could have done. That's the truth, right? So we all think, you know what, somebody else will do it. And unfortunately, we have to realize that we as a church need to begin to take that responsibility. It's the anonymous disciple in our text that is unnamed and working behind the scenes. He's not following Jesus everywhere he goes. He is, in fact, uh, the Bible says, uh, working at his home. And it is at this place that the disciples of Jesus Christ come in contact uh, with this anonymous disciple. uh, And his role is crucial. This is a good example. Many times uh, we can uh, uh, wave over these important roles. We think, you know what? We need pastors. We need counselors. We need ministers and, and the people uh, that are involved in, uh, in these uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, places of position like prophets and apostles. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 28, it lists these, but also uh, it lists something very significant that you and I need to draw from this evening. It says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. So here is a gift of helps. It's a ministry of helps. It's a place of helps. And listen to me, this is exactly what that little illustration was speaking about, whether we are ready to help out. That is a gift. It is a ministry that you and I need to embrace and take responsible, uh, responsibility to be able to be done. We're living in a generation that everybody wants to shine and be seen. But the church functions at its best with the unseen. 
The church functions at its best with the faithful givers that are behind the scenes. The ones who are willing to release those into public ministry to do their jobs. You know, I couldn't do what I do if my wife wasn't doing what she's doing. Right? It'd be tough to preach with three kids on the stage. It'd be tough to preach with Nate on the stage. Right? And so I thank the nursery workers for that. Because if they weren't doing what they're doing, I wouldn't be able to be released to do what I'm doing. And this bleeds, this ought to be bleeding into every area of our church. Think about the early church in Acts 6, 1 through to 6. The Bible says uh, that the disciples were multiplying. You know, when the church grows, that's a wonderful thing, amen? When the church begins to grow in numbers, and I'm not talking about just our waistlines. I'm talking about when we grow with people and God begins to bless us. That's a wonderful thing. But you know what, what we forget is that that's more responsibility. That's more work. That means that somebody's got to follow these people up, these new visitors that came. And wonderful to see this morning that people came and got, healed, uh, got saved uh, and, and received uh, uh, the, the blessing of God. That's wonderful. Uh, but if we don't grasp uh, the fact that we play a part in that, we can miss out on what God's trying to do. The church says in Acts chapter 6, it was multiplying, but also not only were people hungry for the word, but they were hungry also to be served. And as a result, the Bible says that they appointed faithful men full of the Holy Spirit by the name of Philip, Procreus, Nicanor, Timor, Panerus, and Nicholas, uh, these men who were going to, uh, uh, and also chosen Stephen. Here are these men that were going to uh, just meet the needs of the widows. Uh, and so think about the importance. They couldn't brush this aside. They couldn't just say, you know what, we don't have time for you. Uh, unfortunately, unless you are capable and you can get your own way here to church uh, and your own way back, then we're not going to help you. Uh, the truth is, is that they saw the importance uh, that if we neglect this part of the ministry, uh, God's not going to bless uh, the other a part of it. It was the anonymous disciple that was not motivated for recognition. He was just willing to open his house. You know how powerful it is to open your house? It's amazing. In Perth, we, we had a uh, ministry called Our House. And it was literally that, that people would sign up and say, you know what, Our House is open on this day. And people would uh, then on that Sunday morning or Sunday night, they would go around with an invitation uh, with their address to visitors or people uh, in the church and say, our house is open today. Why don't you come down? And they'd have like some tacos, they'd have some burritos, you know, they'd just have some simple food, uh, some, uh, you know, spaghetti bolognese, something, you know, even just sandwiches. Uh, and they would open their house for fellowship and it was absolutely impacting. I mean, the church in Beachborough grew and people began to be friendly <laughs> and like each other. It's amazing what food can do. But that's how the New Testament church grew, was house to house. And this was a ministry that, yes, it was taxing. Yes, it was difficult. 
you know, wives had to open their house and clean the toilet and, and, you know, make sure that the rug is clean. And then people going to trample over your brand new rug and over your couches. And you're just going to look at them and go, we love people, you know. But, but I'm telling you, it does something in you. The church is fortified. So let's look secondly at his ability, availability, sorry. Just as important as a right motive is, is also our availability. We must make ourselves available to God if we're going to ever hope to be used. It's not, uh, you know, it's not possible for God to use you if you're never available to be used. Now we all say and we sing the songs and this is where sometimes it can be, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, we've got to be cautious because we'll sing these songs, God, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I give you my life, I give you everything, my finance, or whatever, you know, it's, it's all yours. And then it's like, oh, excuse me, you're on the uh, cleaning roster today. Are you able to vacuum your heart again? <laughs> what happened to the praise and worship? I mean, you would just, whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. It's being available. And there will come a time, and let me just bring this to your attention. There will come a time in your Christian life where Jesus will call upon you to respond at a need. And the question is, are you ready? Have you positioned yourself and your life and your family and your uh, 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 marriage uh, to be able to be ready to serve uh, and uh, respond to a need? Because how many know that when people aren't available, when people don't position themselves in a place where they can respond, the flow is, is diverted. Things have to, I mean, eventually, it, you know, God will move, but God forbid it goes around us and miss us. We need to be ready so that we can respond when God says we need you to move. Uh, we need you to respond to this need uh, and, and rise up and, and we're ready. Being available also means putting your gifts and resources at God's disposal. The anonymous disciple uh, not only made himself available, but he also made his resources available. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7, the Bible says, For who makes you differ from another? And what do, you do, uh, what do you have uh, that you did not receive? Nor if you did uh, indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you have uh, not received it? Here is uh, the powerful revelation that everything we have is because God's blessed us with it. And we cannot forget that powerful revelation. This is why we do everything that we do. When we got saved, when we lined our lives with what God has, now the blessing of God flows through our lives and we are so grateful for that. But let me just remind you, it is not just of your genius. It's not just because God loves you more than anybody else. It's so that you would then be a blessing to somebody else. This man positioned himself. And what's significant about this, again, is that he had a big house. Now, we're in a Western, you know, Western culture. We have big houses. We have enough, I mean, you know, uh, uh, enough house to be able to uh, uh, sit a few houses, a few people, a few families, and, and comfortably live together. Uh, but the truth is, we like our space, right? And that's wonderful, 
But here is this man who had exactly the same thing. He had an upper room. You know how rare that is and how, how expensive that would have been for someone in biblical time, not just to have a house, but an upper room. And he's just, just like, just waiting there with tables and chairs. Now, my, my mum, you know, she finally got the, the house that she's always wanted. Uh, and uh, we were, we, you know, she, we were so excited uh, that uh, we, we loved all these extra rooms. But the trouble was, is that they were so nice and, you know, you know white carpet. You couldn't walk in there. You had couches, beautiful couches with wonderful, I mean, the cushions look so soft. And what, but it's like, don't you, I mean, you've just come from outside. Get out. You know, it's like... You've got this cutlery, this fine china, and it's like, who are we waiting for? The queen? Like, let's, let's use it. Here is this man. He had uh, everything uh, there available, and he was willing to use it so that others would be blessed. Now, the truth is, uh, is that we're all not all called to public ministry. Not every single one of us is going to get behind the pulpit and preach, and it's not all about preaching behind the pulpit. It's not all about uh, uh, being a, uh, you know, a, a, a council member or in a position of power. Let me just say that the most impacting roles that I've experienced as a disciple are those who serve. Those that came alongside of me in that time of being a young disciple and they encouraged me and they gave me some pointers or even just took me out for lunch and shouted me a meal. Uh, those, those are the things that resonate. And that's the, uh, uh, those are the ministries that we are called to uh, uh, rise up and, and be involved in. So let's look thirdly and in closing at the honor of being used. It's a real honor to be used by God. We're a part of an eternal kingdom. Can you say amen? And our duty as Christians is to be able to emanate what God has done in our lives. I'm telling you, you know, we've all gone to, to our grandparents' house, nonna's house, and had a good meal. I mean, what brings you back? It's not the fact that she's got a beautiful house or anything. It's just the food. It's the, you know, sometimes you don't even speak the same language. You're just looking at them going, yeah, all right, more food. That's it. She's cooked it with love, right? And you, and you appreciate that. And, and, and uh, the same is true when it comes to our church and, and how we position ourselves. Is we're here to serve. Are there visitors in the church? Uh, would you like a seat? Or is there anything we can do? Are there any needs that we can pray for? Little did the anonymous disciple know that for this one act of service, he would be remembered for all eternity. Just one act. Isn't that nice? I mean, who knows the next time where you're called upon. Long after great men and women of this world have been forgotten, moved on, one man's remembered for an act of kindness. One woman's remembered for uh, her ability to take your kids and look after them for an hour while you're in the main service listening to a sermon. This is powerful, church. All service in the kingdom of God has an eternal quality to it. It's not menial. It means something. And you'll be amazed over the years at how people remember the very small things that you did for them. It's just, hey, I've saved you a seat. Really? Why? 
because you matter. Because I'm concerned about it. Because I, I love you. I care about you. I want you uh, to be in the presence of God. Now, we don't know if other disciples have ever learned this man's name. But the truth is, is that God knows his name. And our service is always recorded in the eyes of God. It's never forgotten. When you and I are picking somebody up, and I remember the days I would, I would be in church and I would get a phone call. I'm ready to, for church. And I'm like, it's, I'm already here. And you're, okay, honey, listen, I'm dropping you off. I've got to go pick up uh, brother so-and-so who slept in. Uh, uh, and I'm driving all the way to Mount Lawley to pick them up. And of course, I'm there and they're not ready yet. Uh, and you're waiting. And you know, there's so many things. And you just think, I mean... Uh, I'm just so grateful that Jesus loves you more than I do because you would be doomed. But I tell you what, it, it leaves an impression on you that you, you participated in something that was greater than just you. Hebrews 6.10, the Bible says, For God is not unjust to forget your works and your labor of love, um, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do uh, minister. Let me finish with this uh, poem in regards to nursery. It says this, Last Sunday was my turn in the nursery to work. My heart wasn't in it, my feelings were hurt. A child from its mother did not want to part and it cried a lot with its broken heart. I prayed that soon the hour would end so I could relax, no more children to tend. Soon the hour was over, it felt good to be free. I said once a month, was too much for me. The very next Sunday, as I sat in the pew, heard a very good sermon, but visitors were few. But down came a woman, and her soul was saved. She was the mother of that crying babe. Then it dawned on me that I had played a part of one being saved, giving God her heart. From that day on, I would never dread working in the nursery while souls were fed. We can have a wrong perspective, and especially the longer that we're saved, we begin to misread things. But can I just encourage you? I know we're all involved. I know that there is much to be done, but don't stop. Continue to be used. Make yourself available, whether it be in service. Uh, make yourself available with all the resources, whatever it may have. You may not be able to, uh, uh, you know... Uh, play an instrument or, or, or there may not be any talent there, but you can still serve and you can open your life and you open your heart and open uh, and make your, uh, you know, what you have available to others and, and see how God will use your life. It's incredible at how people just like this anonymous disciple can be remembered for all of eternity. Hidden heroes. Uh, why don't we bow our heads this evening? Let's pray before we close. Hallelujah.